Well, Patty, uh, I, obviously this episode is a perfect episode to talk about our sponsor, Valor Paytech, right? Yes, we're it talking is. about cash discounting. So yes, it is. Uh, you know, Valor has just simply become the industry standard uh, for cash discounting. If you're providing terminals, whether it's a smart terminal, standalone terminal, or an omni-channel virtual terminal, right? Any of those three, if you're doing cash discounting, um, this is the terminal. This is the solution. This is what it's, you want to do. Yes. This is it, right? So no question. Um, if you want to learn more about Valor, uh, maybe there's some of you out there that have been living in a cave for the last couple of years, and maybe you <laughs> didn't realize that Valor is like the terminal you want to go with. If right. that's the case, go to ccsalespro.com slash Valor, V-A-L-O-R, and check it out. And then, Patty, tell us about the episode today and what we have in store for our listeners. Well, we have this great interview with uh, Donnie Troy, who to me is like, you know, the epitome of a successful agent. I mean, he's a ISO, you know, he has his own ISO brand, as we know, but he talks about how he um, found his way into cash discounting and what it's doing for him. And it's amazing. I mean, just over the last few months, how many clients he's signed up. I think everybody's going to get a lot out of that. And then, James, you follow on with a great question from the field. Yeah, so if you all want to hear me make a lot of enemies in the processing industry, <laughs> listen to my questions from the field today. Uh, but yeah, I just talk about this kind of ridiculous situation we find ourselves in where a lot of the large acquirers that are moving the money don't support cash discounting and are actually against it. And I talk about what we, what we sh as an industry should do about that. Um, and then Patty, tell us about the insiders. Well, we have uh, some, some really interesting data points on uh, processing volume and um, um, revenue potential. I'll yep. just put it at that. Uh, you know, stick around, listen to my insider's report. You may come away with some interesting insights. So yep. uh, what do you say, James? You ready to hit the, hit the uh, play button? Let's do it. Welcome to the Merchant Sales Podcast. All right, everybody. We are here today with my good friend, Donnie Troy. Donnie is the owner of OneQuest Payments. He is the uh, uh, individual member ISO. So how's it going down there, Donnie? Uh, it's going great, James. Glad to be on here today. Yeah, thanks for joining us. So uh, every once in a while, I, I reach out to Donnie, and and he's a, a reluctant participant in the podcast, right, Donnie? So <laughs> just to be honest, right? So Donnie is not the uh, executive at the high, you know, at the big company. Um, he's feet on the street. He's got referrals. He's building a local ISO. But we, I have these topics that come to mind every once in a while, and I'm like, you know what? <clears throat> I don't want to interview the like president of FIS to talk about this. I need to talk to somebody that's actually like doing it. And so, um, you know, today Donnie and I and Patty are going to talk about this journey that a lot of salespeople have been on that a lot of industry experience and, you know, they were against cash discounting. And then just in the last kind of six, eight months, it seems like a lot of them now are, are jumping on board for a lot of different reasons that we're going to discuss. Um, but, you know, before we dive into that, Donnie, it's been a while since you were on. So maybe you could give us a little background. Yeah. Tell us how you got into the industry and kind of where you're at today. Yeah, sure, of course. So I got back, I was got introduced to the industry in 2010. I was 24 years old and I was in the in-between stage of, of giving up my dream of playing golf and trying to figure out what I was going to do with my life. Yeah. And I was, I was working weddings at a golf course and I came across a guy who owned a small ISO. And, you know, I could tell he was financially successful and that intrigued me. And, you know, he was actually very helpful. I spent a lot of time with him learning the business. Um, but at the end of the day, I, I just wasn't um, comfortable. I wasn't, I wasn't feeling like there was enough transparency with his, his ISO and how it would all work with the residuals and, right. you know, being able to see what the merchants were processing. And so, 
So then I just kind of looked at, at the internet and, and tried to find, you know, some other options. And I came across you, James. Uh, and awesome. that was, I still remember my, my first phone call with you talking to you about the industry and you helped me get started uh, at a bigger ISO. And I spent a few years there and, and that was the, that, those three years, two or three years, um, I learned so much about the industry. And, and I always had you as, as a, a helpful hand as well to work some deals and you were always available to answer questions. So that was the beginning of how it all got started. Um, after two or three years, I, I looked at some other options in the industry and I found a smaller group that the residual split was uh, more generous. Um, there wasn't upfront bonuses or free equipment. They weren't right. gonna pay my you know early termination fees, but I was in it for the residual at that point and I right. had enough sure. money. Yeah, yeah, I had enough money to invest in new deals. And so I got started with them. And you know, today, um, last couple of years, I've been balancing about 170 merchants. Um, you know, average residuals around $150 per merchant. So, you know, the money's very good, but at the same time, I knew that, you know, I could, I could make more ground in this industry. I knew I had more potential. Yeah. And so about three or four months ago, I sat down with my wife and just told her I was going to make another big push and there'd be some sacrifices, but, um, you know, I put a blank piece of paper up on our kitchen magnet, uh, display and said, I'm going to fill this page up with new clients and put a one column for cash discounting and one for traditional and kind of been just working that. So. Uh-huh. I love it. That's cool. That's great. Yeah. I love yeah. it. I love, I love especially the, uh, the conversation with the wife. Those, those are always uh-huh. good conversations. I've had many yeah. of those over the years, <laughs> right? It's like, exactly. Yeah. You know, and but I think it's, I, I love that you brought that up, Donnie. And you know, we won't dive into that too much, but you know, to me, um, I feel like a lot of people in the industry get, uh, my friend, Rich Norton, uh, who's a top rep in the industry. He calls it residual itis, you know, uh-huh. <laughs> they get residual and then they just, disappear exactly right and generally i talked to them after a few years and they're actually not super happy the way you would think they would be because they're like what am i doing you know so i think it's really important right. to have a why and to have a reason to to push forward so okay so let's talk about cash discounting here donnie so let's let's back up here yeah. so let's go back maybe two years i'm pretty sure at that point okay. you weren't selling cash discounting right i was not no okay in fact so, that's right around when we interviewed donnie last i think it was like two or three years okay. ago all right there yeah. you go so, so at that time, Donnie, talk to me about cash discounting a little bit. And as far as your perception at that time, obviously you knew it existed, um, but mm-hmm. you weren't selling it. Why weren't you? And what was kind of your perception at that time? Um, yeah, that's a really good question. I mean, I was definitely aware of cash discounting. Um, I think that I just wasn't certain enough on the program um, that it was the best um, decision for my merchants. Yep. So it was really just a confidence in that regard. Um, it, you know, it was kind of like terminal leases on like a basic terminal, you know, obviously they're profitable cash discounting was so profitable. I knew it. Um, and I think I kind of just related like those, even though they're totally different. So I, I just wasn't sure that it was the right thing for my merchants. Um, Mm -hmm. it just took me a little time to realize, you know, that that is a great deal. So, um, that's, that's kind of, you know, how I felt about it. Ahead, if I okay. could just interject real quick, because, um, you know, we kind of looked at it at that two year time frame and, yeah. it, you know, we talk a lot about, you know, how hard the COVID pandemic has been on merchants, especially restaurants mm-hmm. and stuff. Did that have an impact on your decision? Um, yes. And also just, you know, I could feel the wave of, sure. uh, of it coming on and, you know, I'm sure we'll get into it, but I had, you know, some merchants reach out to me about it. So, okay. you know, it's it just... 
I think the timing right right now is is pretty good for it. Sure. Um, and it, and it, it just took a little bit more belief to, yeah. to see how it works. Sure, you had to like ha- oh, you had to grasp onto it and yeah. and realize that exactly. yeah, this is something I can run with. Yeah, sure. Yeah, and then uh, another aspect too, my, this the, the ISO I'm with, they're they're opening up to it now, but they weren't um, so open to it. Mm-hmm. And I think that part of me was like, well, if I work so hard and and, and do this you know, what if they shut down these accounts? Right. You know, right. is it really, is it really here to stay? I wanted to make sure that it was right. here to stay for the long term. Sure. So. Sure. Yeah, I love it. Um, well, one other thing I wanted you to touch on that we had talked about previously in our conversation is technology. So maybe even, you know, going back a six months or a year ago, you know, what were your, th- you know, did that have any impact as well in your decision of like, Hey, I don't want to do cash discounting yet because it's like, it doesn't integrate with anything. The terminals are terrible for it. Like at that point in time, I mean, let's face it, cash discounting technology sucked. <laughs> right. So right. Yeah, what, right. What, did that have any impact as well, Donnie? It definitely did. I mean, um, the technology that was available, there was also a lot of other technologies that people talked about that I didn't really feel like I had my hands on it, you know, sure. for cash discounting. But I think at the end of the day, it's a pretty simple, simple setup. And yeah, I could have gotten it done back then. Um, I have a lot of PAX S80 terminals out there. Right. They can do it. Um, right. Those that, that those have actually changed with the newer versions of those. They're only allowing for surcharging now. And yes. so, you know, as this, as this has progressed, I've founded uh, another provider for terminals and technology. And yeah, I feel like I'm in a good position now. Yeah. Love it. Okay. All right. So, so then let's, let's start to transition here. So you got to a point where something happened where you realized, wait a minute, let's take another look at this. Uh, you told me about, I think even one specific merchant that had reached out. So tell us a little bit about that experience. Maybe that merchant that reached out or some others there. So yeah, I remember you mentioning that. Sure. So, I mean, I have to admit, actually, I, I actually signed two cash discount accounts back in 2019. Um, one was a merchant that just reached out to me and they wanted to do it. And then the other was uh, a nail salon that I was just prospecting and she was having some equipment issues. She wasn't getting the support and she's like, just set me up like this and you know, I'd like to move forward. And I don't know why that didn't like speed up my adoption of this program because <laughs> I still have those clients have, right? they're still very successful. Um, <laughs> right. Right. But no, but recently, so it's a little bit of a, it was a crazy week. So I had an automotive shop reach out. They had been prospected regarding the program. So they wanted more information and, you know, they instantly signed up for it. And then I had a nail salon that um, it's a really nice nail salon and, and she reached out to me. And so I set her up and as this is going on, I had two new prospects that this is just three months ago. I had two new prospects that I was working on. Um, one was a, it was like a UP, independent UPS store, uh-huh. uh, like a shipping center. Right. Um, and the other was a nail salon. And as I was getting closer with these deals, I ended up finding out that this shipping store was already doing cash discounting. And I had no idea because they had no signage up. Um, and I had actually shopped, I'd actually used their services and didn't even notice the you know, the, the cash adjustment on the receipt. <laughs> right, right. So so that was like a very easy sell. What was going on was he had two different terminals, two different merchant ID numbers, and like two different rates. So he was just like, I just need to clean him, him up, and we got him running. And then he goes to me, you know, you need to talk to my sister. She owns a dry cleaners. And the dry cleaner was like 30 minutes away. It was his sister. So I called her up. And she got her going the next day. So all within a week, I had like, I had four of these accounts running um, and they were very successful. I waited a week, no calls, you know, no one wanted to come back to traditional processing. And that's kind of where I was like, woke up and I was like, this is a huge opportunity. Um, yeah. So, you know, I got my terminal 
options in place, got some marketing materials, you know, cleaned up the signage um, and my approach. And, you know, the last three months have been crazy, uh, just converting clients. So it's pretty much you got into it this, like in 2021. I mean, you said you your first client you boarded like what, in 2019. But in terms of when you really yeah. began offering cash discounting, would you say that was like last year? Just like three months ago. I mean, the ones in 2019 were... It was, it was just like a fluke. I kind of didn't give mm -hmm. it much attention. I mean, I knew the profit was big on it, but I wasn't sold on it just yet to right. have the confidence, like I said, to go to my current client base. I mean, I mean, my clients trust me. Uh, they trust my input. And so I just was, I didn't have the, the confidence and certainty, certainty in it yet. Um, so yeah, it was really just three months ago that this kind of started happening. And I saw the success of it. I saw that it was really helping these, these small businesses and so that's when I decided to, you know, go after my current client list um, right. and start educating them on the program. So, so in terms of, you know, the impact on your portfolio, it's pretty, it's pretty new. So, but I mean, yeah, I get the sense that you're going to go out and really be going uh, uh, great guns on this going forward. Is that, is that a fair assessment? A absolutely. I mean, I haven't seen the financial, um, adjustment yet to my residual, right, right. but I, I've done some calculations. I mean, I, in the last three months, I have signed up 25 cash discounting accounts. Wow. Um, yeah. 17 of them were current clients already and eight were brand new. Um, and these are some bigger clients. So, I mean, just in the 25, my residual is going to increase by eight to $10,000 a month, just on those accounts. And I mean, that's, that's never, I mean, that's, that's crazy to me. Um, yeah. Oh yeah. But I'm, I'm seeing the success that it's, that it's having for the, the business owner, which is really important to me. Right. Um, sure. And so, yeah, I'm definitely very excited. And, <laughs> and I just had an automotive shop call me uh, today. I, I, I met with him two days ago. Um, so what I've been doing with all my clients, um, he's a current client and he just called me and said, come by, let's get this started. So, I mean, it's happening quick. What about the impact on um, the merchants? You know, have you seen and, and your processing volumes? Have you seen any any change in that? Um, you know, maybe customers yeah. going to cash because they don't want to pay the uh, extra charge. Yeah, that's a good question. Um, I think some of my merchants thought that they were going to start getting checks and more cash, and right. You know, I think that just from the reading I've done in the industry, I kind of knew that wouldn't be the case. Consumer habits don't really change that much. And right. so I would say, you know, the volume, if anything, it's gone up. I mean, that's okay. what this program does is it increases the volume. So, mm -hmm. yeah. Yeah. Love it. Yeah. It, it is interesting. Like <clears throat> I was just doing an event recently and I had a group of like 30 newer people to the industry and, and um, I was talking to them and I said, you know, what do you think happens to processing volume when you implement this program? And they all said, well, it probably drops some. Right. And I said, no, it actually goes up. And they're like, right. What? What do you mean? How's but it intuitively, go Intuitively, you think it's going to go down, right? right? Because, right. I'm like, well, yeah, it goes up about 4% <laughs> because right, yeah. everybody keeps using their card. Nothing really changes, but now they're paying a little bit more. Um, right. So yeah. it's, it's so really the biggest crazy. feedback I've received is, you know, my merchants are saying that their customers aren't even noticing the non cash adjustment. Right. I mean, so they have the signage up, they have everything, but most people don't notice it. Right. So. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. So here, let's get a little more specific here because I'm kind of curious for those that maybe, you know, they've just gotten into cash discounting like you did, but they haven't gone after their existing book. So let's talk about that for a minute. You know, when you're going back to your current clients, what's your approach here? I mean, are you just calling them and setting up an appointment and saying, hey, I need to talk to you about this? Or like, I'm just curious, are you like really pushing it? Like, how are you doing this yeah. with your existing clients? 
Yeah, good question. Um, you know, I started with a spreadsheet. You know, I exported my clients into an Excel spreadsheet. I highlighted the ones that, you know, I thought would be really good uh, potentials, you know, storefronts, face to face transactions. Um, and then I even like looked at some some of their rates and volume. And, you know, the lower the rate, the higher the volume, the, the more profitability those accounts yep. will be. Um, and so, yeah, I've really just been reaching out. Um, I'll, I'll drop in without them knowing too, but usually I'll reach out and say, Hey, I have something I'd like to show you. Um, obviously they're receptive because I'm right. already their credit card agent. Right. So I go in and, uh, the reception has been really good. I mean, I, I I'm surprised how good it's been, to be honest. Uh, a lot of people have signed up right on the spot. Some people, you know, they want a couple of days to think about it, but like I just said, like I had an automotive shop call me back, you know, I'm not used to merch you know, prospects calling me back. Calling you, know? you, right? Yeah. <laughs> yeah that never you, know, you have to be, in, you know what I mean? You have to be interested in them and keep following up. And so uh, the feedback's been really good. That's kind of been my approach for the last three months. And like I said, I've done 25 and, you know, I'll probably do another five or 10 in the next week. It's, it's happening quick. Yeah. Now, um, what about though, when you're going out and prospecting for new business? Um, mm-hmm. I know a lot of it's probably referrals for you at this point, but like, you know, when you have that first interaction with the merchant, is there kind of a qualification in your mind of like, okay, is this person going to be a good fit or is it just go right off with cash discounting or are you presenting options? Like, what are, you, what are your thoughts on that? Yeah. So, I mean, I, when I walk into a business, you know, I have a pretty good feel for what they're doing there. You know, I can instantly see their credit card machine, what's going on. So, you know, I'll know if it's a good cash discount customer. Um, and, and I mean, I'm leading with that for sure. You know, eliminate your credit card bill. If they're not open to a conversation about that, then they're you know, probably not going to be open to talking about anything in regards to their credit card processing. Right. So that, that's kind of what I'm doing. I mean, if it's like a B2B merchant where, you know, they're doing a lot of payments over the phone or whatnot, right. I'm not going to lead with cash discount for that. But, but yeah, right now that's, that's what I'm doing. Leading, leading with the cash discount program. Cool, man. I love it. Yeah. I love it. Well, it's yeah. just really exciting, you know, having this conversation and, this is a conversation I've had privately with like two or 300 people over the last mm-hmm. year. And yeah. it seems like every week there's another three or four agents that I talk to <laughs> that are like, I've been watching your videos about this for four years. And, you know, and then I get it. Cause like you said, you know, and I, I believe it's so important to have that belief that it's gotta be, you have to believe, I think it's like even goes further. It's like, you have to believe it's the right thing for the merchant, but you even have to believe it's the right thing for the consumer. And the right. right thing for you as a salesperson, right? Well, that I mean, part's easy because you make right. way yeah. more money. <laughs> but, but right. you know, I mean, sometimes there's sort of, I know when we first started talking about this, excuse me, several years ago, I was sort of the naysayer going, nah, yes. this isn't going to work. Yeah. You know, right. I, I can't, you know, or, you know, merchants have, I mean, agents have a tough enough time to sell the merchants. You're not going to get them mm-hmm. to fight on right. this. And, right. But then Patty, was stuck on, she was stuck on a podcast with me every week. So eventually, yeah, yeah. eventually I became a convert. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Uh, I mean, so. to, to Patty's point, though, you don't want to risk your, your your client base by, yeah. you know, putting a program that's not going to work. So, right. you know, that's why I was a little reluctant. You want to make sure it works. And, yep. you know, it took it took seeing it just like just like signing my first credit card processing deal ever just to see that it works. You know, the money right. goes to their bank. The money comes in. Just, <laughs> right. Yeah. So right. it's very similar. To that. Love it. Well. Uh, Donnie, can't thank you enough for just taking time out of your schedule. I know you got a lot going on right now, but I appreciate you taking time to share this with our audience. I really think it's going to help people. Um, And so I just appreciate you taking the time to share your story and uh, jump on with us as always. Yeah, Donnie, this is really great. Thank you. Thanks, James. Thanks, Patty. I appreciate it. Yeah, thanks for having me today. 
So Patty, of course, at the top of the episode, we talked about our sponsor, Valor Paytech, uh, providing yes. processor agnostic terminals, uh, virtual terminals, smart terminals. Um, and so it's really become, again, this kind of industry standard for cash discounting. But, you know, one thing that's also so important is the supply chain issues. Well, yeah, I mean, there's been so many uh, backlogs, uh, right, because of the chips and, yes. and uh, you know, terminals on order for months ahead of time. Yep. Uh, but Valor's been able to address that. They have. And, you know, I don't want to dive into too much detail. I don't want to kind of steal their thunder from, you know, what's going on in their internal. But what I will say is they have been by far the most creative hardware provider in terms of finding chips, working with their suppliers, different suppliers to create their terminals. I mean, they have gone way above and beyond um, yeah. to secure their ability to provide terminals. Now, you know, like everybody else, I mean, it's a struggle, you know, every right. month they're working on it and sometimes they can't fulfill a massive order or something until, you know, a few weeks or whatever, but um, they've done an incredible job of keeping their supply up. Uh, and so if you are an ISO, you're selling cash discounting, especially, or really anything else for that matter, but especially if you're selling cash discounting um, and you just need a good terminal provider, um, yeah. one that's going to be, you know, consistent Yep. Definitely check them out. Go to ccsalespro.com slash Valor, V-A-L-O-R. Do us a favor. Do Patty and I a favor. If you get value from our podcast, go there and fill that out. If you're not using Valor, fill that form out. They'll follow up and do a demo. I promise you, you're going to be blown away when you see what they have. Yeah, I agree. So again, ccsalespro.com slash V-A-L-O-R. This is Questions from the Field, brought to you by ccsalespro.com, the leader in merchant sales training and technology. If you're an individual merchant sales professional, visit ccsalespro.com forward slash training to get a free 14-day trial of our all-access pass. If you manage a team of merchant sales professionals, visit ccsalespro.com forward slash ISO to learn how we can help you grow. And now, here is Questions from the Field, with James Shepard. Patty, today I want to talk about the biggest risk to ISOs and agents that are building cash discounting portfolios. Okay. And it's not regulation and it's not the card brands. So I think there's a really serious practical risk that we have decided to turn a blind eye to. And I think it's gone on way too long. Okay. The risk is that almost every agent and ISO that is listening to this podcast is ultimately processing with a company, the company that's the acquirer that's actually moving the money. Right. Most of our listeners are processing with a company that is publicly and actively against cash discounting. That's true. It's insane. It's absolutely yeah. insane. It is. I'm, I'm talking, I'll name them. I mean, I'm talking about they're making F tons of FIS, money. FIS, Pfizer, I mean, you go down the line. These companies, if you talk to their executives, if you reach out and ask them to make a public, you know, their statement about it, they are against these programs. They believe these programs are not compliant at best, illegal at worst, and they're against them. That's insane. It is crazy that we are building portfolios on the backs of companies that are against it. And yeah. we've, we've yeah. developed this idea that, well, that's okay because they're not bothering us about it. So they're willing to turn a blind eye behind the scenes. And like for how long? Exactly. Yeah. Right. And we're kind of like, 
you know, most of the ISOs I talk to and they're like, well, I certainly don't want to let my processing company know what I'm doing. Like, are we nuts? Like, what are we doing? (laughs) Well, it's kind of like the guys that, you know, used to board cannabis shops and, you know, put them in as cigarette shops or something like that and expect that nobody's ever going to catch up with them. Right. I mean, you can flaunt the rules for only so long. Right. So I have a couple of pieces of advice that maybe some in the industry might want to think about. Okay. Okay. Number one, please understand that there are acquirers, huge acquirers. There are several of them now who Mm -hmm. are publicly and actively supporting these programs. Yes. And I believe as an industry, we should reward them with our business. Yeah. I'm not going to name any names because I don't do that kind of stuff, but if you, you want to know, research, you'll find it. <laughs> exactly. Right. Go to go to ccsalespro.com and click on find a processor. I'll do a free call with you and talk to you about that. So I'm fine mm-hmm. with that. But there are companies that are publicly supporting. And I talked to the president of a company yesterday that's a the top 10 acquirers. And we were talking about this and his stand on it. And I was like congratulating him on like, there's For not very many of stand, you there. Right? Like what? <laughs> but I mean, it's, it's crazy to me that it's like, here I am talking to the president of a I don't know. I think they do 50 billion a year. The company I was talking to yesterday mm-hmm. and huge company. And I'm thinking to myself, like, why am I not more publicly supporting at least this idea? Because it's well, crazy yeah. that right. when I talk to these executives at these other big companies and they're like, Oh, we, you know, eventually these programs are going to get shut down. And I'm thinking like, really? <laughs> so there's an so, awful lot of them out there too. You know, James, yeah. you're going to shut all those down. Right. And, and it's like, yeah. so, so here's my thought. Number one is there are companies out there that are supporting it. And I'm talking about, when, again, b- to be clear, some of you don't even maybe even realize because you're like a sub, sub, sub ISO, right. like who is moving your money? Mm-hmm. You need to know that. Yes. Is it first yes. data? Is it Vantive? Is it Tesis? Is it WorldPay? Is it, you know, whoever, like who is, a, you know, you may, I mean, who, who's moving the money? Who is the acquirer? Right. And then you need to find out what do they believe about cash discounting? And if they believe it's non-compliant, if they believe it's illegal, if they believe it should be shut down, then you, you might want to on them. take a yeah. second look here, right? And so, you know, it's just so funny to me that as I talk to people in the industry, all everybody talks about is, is Visa going to shut it down? Is Visa going to shut it down? Is, is the legislature? It's like, they've had years. They're right. not doing anything. But right. the processor that you're working with might shut it down. Yeah. Many of them yeah. have actually, I, there's two companies I'm talking about top five that have actually shut it down for some period of time. They both ended up allowing it again. I, well, yeah, right. But there's two that have actually, I'm talking yeah. about their ISOs are calling me frantic because they got a notice from their acquirer that said, you have 700 merchants that are doing this cash discount program. And in 30 days, they will not be allowed to do it. Like that's happening. That has happened right now. Do I know that all these other companies that they want to do that now? I don't know of any that are looking to do that, but I'm just saying, I think it is insane that we're giving them our business. So number one is look for some processors, be aware, understand who's moving your money. And then finally, number three, for those of you that have larger, you know, wholesale ISOs, you're taking all the risk, you're doing all of this. Maybe it's time, especially as you have contract negotiations that are coming up, why don't we all collectively start to put a little pressure on these companies mm-hmm. and say, look, my wholesale ISO contract is up with you in eight months, 12 months, 15 months. Just so you know, I will not be renewing that and I will use my uh, portability and I'll be moving my book somewhere else if you're not going to support what I do. 
but I believe that it's, it's not, especially as a wholesale ISO, the idea that you're doing something that is blatant and flagrantly against the rules of the processor that you're in partnership with, and you're both willing to do this because they're willing to turn a blind eye and you're willing to hide it. Yeah. In what, what, in what universe are we living in that we think that's a good idea? Yeah. No. Yeah. Right. So it's time to put some pressure on it and say, okay, everybody, like, what are you waiting for? You know, are you're waiting on visa? What are they going to do? They haven't done anything. Like it's time to call a spade a spade and right. say all the memos and all the threats and all this stuff. The bottom line is the Durban amendment and state laws are giving a lot of air cover to these programs. And right. maybe it's time that we actually embrace that. Mm-hmm. And maybe it's time that as an industry, we said, Hey, if you want to work with the ISOs, you know, then you're going to have to support the programs that we're presenting and, and that now we have really good, you know, compliance stuff on and we have great right. terminals and we have great point of sale systems. It's like we have all this stuff and it's like everybody just keeps wanting to kick the can. I was talking to somebody um, right before we recorded this podcast, Patty, and, um, you know, I was talking about this issue because this, you know, person does huge cash discounting deals. And I said, you know, one of the biggest issues we have is that because there's this culture in our industry right now where it's like, well, I've got to hide the cash discounting from the acquirer and the acquirer is like, I don't want to know if you're doing it. Well, then what's happening right. is the acquirer who has all the legal and compliance resources is having zero involvement with the creation of these programs. And it's one reason so many of them are such a mess. Right. And then they reach out yeah. to me and it's like, I'm glad to help as a consultant, but at the same time, you know, ultimately I can only help you so far if no matter what I do, your acquirer is against what we're doing. You know, that's a, that's a risk that I can't help you abate. I mean, that's a problem, you know? So anyway, right. number one is. But it's a problem that they can negotiate. Absolutely. They can. And a again, they're all, they're all terrified, Patty, because they don't right. want to negotiate because if they go back and they say, Hey, we need to negotiate. Then the, it's like, well, because you told us that you're doing this now, you can't do it anymore. That's what they're all afraid of. Everybody, wow. you know, yeah, yeah. and it's like, you know, this is crazy. This is absolutely crazy. So again, what I would say is number one, know who is moving your money for your merchants. Number two, look, you know, again, go to ccsalesforce.com, click on find a processor. I will have a free conversation with you and talk to you about this. I can tell you the names of all the companies and who supports it, who doesn't. I'm, I'm, I'm done. I'm done being on the sidelines with this because I all think right. this is a, I think this is a serious risk to ISOs yeah. and agents. And I think it's ridiculous <laughs> that these companies, you know, they were, they were making fun of me for three years ago, four years ago. I forgive them for that. That's totally right. fine. But guess what? Right. They were wrong. And those and of us in the industry that saw the program coming, we were right. Yes. It's time to call it what it is. Right. And it's, you know, so, you know, that's fine. That's all water under the bridge, but now it's not water under the bridge anymore. These companies right. are still against it. And they've got these ISOs that are my consulting clients. that are people that are coming to me for advice. And I'm, I'm sorry, but I'm going to start telling people that that's a bad idea and that you should go to a company that supports it. So I, I think that's excellent you know. advice, James. Yeah. So anyway, so know who's moving your money, do some research and find out companies that are supporting cash discounting. And number three, if you're in a position to negotiate with these larger companies, let's as an industry start to put a little pressure on and say, what's your stance on cash discounting? And if you tell me your stance is you're okay with it as long as you don't know what's happening, then I'm going to go somewhere else. That's not a, that's not a good answer. The yeah. stance needs to be, we support it. We're standing up to the car brands in favor of it. We are developing compliance solutions. We're providing resources and legal advice to our ISOs and agents to make sure that we are putting the programs out there with our full public support. 
If your yes. acquirer isn't willing to say that, go to a different one. Yeah. That's my advice. Thank you, James. That's great advice. This is the Insider's Report with Patty Murphy, brought to you by The Green Sheet. For nearly 40 years, The Green Sheet has been the go-to source for news, analysis, and educational tools that empower and connect payments professionals. If you're not reading The Green Sheet already, check it out on the web today at www.greensheet.com. You know, James, I spend a lot of time poring over consulting reports, annual reports, investor meeting notes, you know, things like that. Sure. Always looking for little tidbits of, you know, that I can use in my news writing. And uh, this week I came across a couple things I wanted to share with everybody. Uh, one was from Visa. The other was from McKinsey & Company, which is a pretty reputable global consulting firm. I should say so. Yeah. yeah. So Visa execs in late January had a call with analysts to discuss the company's latest quarterly earnings. And Visa's on a weird fiscal schedule. I mean, it's it's Q1 ended, I think, January 30th or something like that, or January 25th. It was a very, it's a very right, strange right, right. way to do it. But anyway, so it was their Q1 report. And their CEO, Al Kelly, uh, painted, of course, a rosy picture of Visa's future, which includes increased volumes of traditional credit and debit, in addition to opportunities, you know, like A to A, uh, RTP, you know, real-time payments, mm -hmm. buy now, pay later, crypto. They're getting into all that stuff. So, right. sure. But but here's what really stood out for me. <clears throat> he he noted that based on re you know research that they have, cash and checks are being displaced by electronic payments, but at a relatively slow pace. Uh, their analysis finds a compound annual growth rate um, of just two percent for cash consumption. Um, wow. between 2010 and 2019. So, you know, that's bringing it down, you know, like 1% a year, you right. know, something like that. Right. So assuming that global cash usage going forward um, grows by, say, 1% annually, mm -hmm. total displacement won't reach 90% for several decades. Sounds Think about, about right. that. You yeah. know, ponder mm -hmm. that. That's really... I mean, to me, like sometimes I don't know about you, James, but I hear people go like, oh, this is a dying profession. It's, you know, we've we've already picked all the low hanging fruit and there's nothing out there. Clearly, there's a lot out there. Um, yeah, absolutely. And, and uh, so anyway, I thought that was really interesting. Yeah, you know, it is interesting. Huh. For several decades. So, yeah. So anyway, now I want to just talk briefly about McKinsey because they just did a report on merchant acquiring and um you know, they made a notation of something that you and I have talked a lot about with our guests here on the podcast about the future of acquiring is in value-added services mm -hmm. and that uh, the potential, the revenue potential, the revenue pool is, uh, you know, best for those ISOs, acquirers, agents that focus on value-adds. Uh, now, I said it's, it's, this is what I thought was interesting. It's research finds a growing willingness on the part of merchants to pay for commerce enablement services. You know, think loyalty programs, gift cards, affiliate marketing, and also for payments performance improvements like enhanced authorization, chargeback mitigation. I would, I would venture, they didn't mention this, but I would venture even interchange optimization, mm -hmm. right? Yep. Um, and and they, they also said that the trend is especially pronounced 
and verticals where digitalization is just now accelerating, like food and beverage, grocery, housewares, things like that, that the pandemic has sort of kicked in. And of course, marketing. We talked about this last week in our in our podcast, I believe, um, you know, about marketing services, what a big deal that is, and, and how merchants are willing to pay a lot more for marketing than they are for payment processing. Of course. Uh, you know, they um, said that, um, you know, this is the com- from, from the McKinsey report. Companies that negotiate hard over each basis point in transaction processing are prepared to pay several percentage points to affiliate marketing platforms and buy now pay later providers, you know, that position themselves as partners, right? right. To right. help close more sales, drive more traffic. A typical SMB spends less than 10% of its merchant services budget for payment acceptance. The remainder goes to a range of services from POS and business management software to loyalty and advertising, uh, logistics, insurance, things like that. So here's the big reveal from that, um, from that uh, report. SMBs in the U.S. are expected to spend more than $100 billion on merchant services by 2025. Wow. And only probably about 10 billion of that is going to go to payments. Right. Right. Yeah. And so much of it will go to, uh, I mean, there's a lot of ancillary services. You didn't even mention really as much like sure. software and things like right. that. I mean, that obviously is a right. huge one as far as huge one. You know, the point of sale system, this any type of SaaS, you know, right. thing as well. So yeah, it's the, I think it's very interesting to see that, to see that direction. I, I do think it's interesting. I think some of these consulting, um, studies and projections, you know, a lot of times they do kind of tend to, oh, how shall I say? Um, I think these prognosticators who don't have direct interactions with small business owners, a lot of times they become overly optimistic optimistic about the rate at which small business owners are willing to change. Right. Right. Of course. I agree. You know what I mean? Yeah. I think it'll be, I think there's a lot of business. I, I think 10 years from now, There'll be a lot of businesses out there that are using a standalone terminal. Oh, I agree. I agree. It's not, you know, is it going to be the same? just not going to get them away. Right. And I mean, is it going to be a significantly lower percentage than we have today? Yes, of course. Yeah. And so things are moving in the other direction, but there's still a lot of going to be these, these individual standalone terminals, um, you know, and so I, I think it's very interesting. Um, and I think it'll, I think the trend, you know, to me, the trend is kind of an inevitability. It's every, I think everybody agrees on the trend. Um, right. I think the question is the timeline. Right. right. Like, right. you know, if it would have been for cash discounting, which we just talked to Donnie about Donnie right now, as the individual agent right now, Donnie would be all about software mm-hmm. if mm-hmm. it wasn't for cash discounting. But because of cash discounting, it's kind of pulling that focus from the agents that would have switched to being more focused on software. It's like, well, now this is a land grab opportunity. You got to go get all the cash discounting deals that you can, which before, makes total before, sense. Yeah, exactly. And so I, I actually think that the winners, you know, moving forward are actually going to be for the next two or three years, which is all anybody can reasonably predict anyway. You know, I think the next two or three years, it's actually going to be more about those companies that are able to integrate the cash discounting into their overall technology offerings, yeah, right? Yeah. And yeah. that are able to think about the way they're using their capital to buy more of these cash discounting accounts, whether that's right. through upfront bonuses to agents, whether that's through providing free equipment to merchants, um, you know, whatever the case might be, you know, that's where I think the big success is gonna come. And so I mm-hmm. think, yes, it, of course, I agree that 
you know, value-added services, SaaS solutions, all of that is the future. How long is it going to take? Well, business owners tend to move a lot slower than everybody wishes they moved yeah. um, when it yeah. comes to making changes. But obviously, they are making changes now, and there's there's kind of that growing um, move. The, the momentum is there. It's just how fast the caboose can, yeah. can push it. And yeah. um, I agree. You know, I, I just think, you know, for me, it just it always amazes me at how this market just continues to grow. Yep. Yep, really does. Well, Patty, great stuff as always. Appreciate it. Thank you for listening to the Merchant Sales Podcast. Whether you are an industry veteran, processing executive, or just trying to learn about the payment space, we appreciate your time. The Merchant Sales Podcast is a joint production of greensheet.com and ccsalespro.com. And we hope you will tune in next week for more information and tips on building your merchant services business.